Welcome to Thousand Hills. We'd like to thank you guys for tuning in. Hope you enjoy this message, and we hope that it speaks blessings in your life. Here's your sign. We bought my daughter a bathtub doll. It's called Rub-A-Dub Dolly. Now, Rub-A-Dub Dolly floats around a bathtub with a little life preserver on And on the life preserver, it says, this is not a life-saving device. Well, what kind of idiot would see some guy drowning in the river and go, here, here's a Rub-A-Dub Dolly doll. Oh, thank God you saved my life. On a can of shaving cream, it says, the boy's spraying us into an open flame. Where was that guy shaving at? <laughs> what, he's sitting around the campfire one night? Boy, I'm feeling a little bristly. <laughs> nice. That's nice. <laughs> a little tender. We bought a stereo receiver. If you bought a piece of stereo equipment, you know inside the box, so he put that little package of drying agent. And on this in big bold letters, what does it say? Do not eat, Do not eat this. Y'all ever bought a piece of stereo equipment thinking there might be something to eat in there? But you know somebody opened that box and went, well, look, I got a receiver and a pack of chiclets. I got music and gum. Here's your sign. I am excited to be here. I believe that this, this series we've been in is really, for me, it's been uh, refreshing. And you say, well, what's this series about? Well, obviously, here's your sign, how to hear God's voice. A lot of times I think we're looking for signs. Like I've said already in the past few weeks, we are looking for signs. We're looking for God to give us something, speak to us, show me something, do something. And here's what I think, you know, sometimes we believe that, that God isn't up there and he doesn't hear us. But the truth is that he does. He always hears us. And I believe that he always wants to give us an answer. Um, and we've just got to be able to hear that voice. And so in part one, I'll, I'll recap real quick because I know some of you have missed a few weeks, but I, I want to recap. In part one, we talked about how can I hear from God? There's three things that we talked about. Remember, we have to have a personal relationship with Jesus, right? Secondly, we have to listen, <laughs> right? I mean, it's okay to have a relationship with somebody. If you don't ever listen to him, it's worthless, right? So you got to listen. And then third, you have to actually follow him. When he speaks and he says, hey, I want you to do this, then you actually have to follow him. And so you say, well, how can I hear from God? It starts with that personal relationship with him, listening to him and obeying him. And then we looked at, you know, how does God speak? I mean, if he actually speaks this, how does he speak? And again, a lot of people, they have sadly never been able to say the words, God spoke to me, or God told me to do this. And so we looked at that, and, and we hopefully gave you some resources that you can look at and that you can apply to your life so that you can actually know how God speaks and he can speak to you. And so we looked at those, and, and the first thing was, you know, God speaks however he wants to speak, remember? I mean, we looked at the, the jackass, you know, that spoke to Balaam, remember? And you guys remember that? I, I remember that. <laughs> Um, but, but he, he, you know, God can speak however he wants to speak. The second thing that we learned is he speaks to us on the inside. Remember this? I mean, he speaks through our thoughts. When we pray God, and if we know Christ inside of our hearts, he speaks through our thoughts. He controls our thoughts. He brings his thoughts to our mind so that we can follow him. 
That's how he works on the inside, through prayer, through, you know, peace. All those things on the inside, he can speak to us. And then we looked at he can speak to us on the outside as well. I mean, he can use signs. He can use, you know, godly people to speak, in, you know, truth into our lives. He can use trials, tests, all kinds of things. He can use nature. And most importantly, he uses his word, the Bible. So some of you guys are like, man, I don't know how God speaks. I've never been able to really hear his voice. I challenge you, commit to using the resources that God has given you to hear from him because he's speaking. He wants to tell you something. If you would just take, you know, take this to heart and actually apply these things to your lives, you will hear from God. Amen. Anybody with me? Can I get a big hearty amen from everybody? <laughs> Some of you guys need some Phoenix Roasters coffee. It's right outside over there. Um, So today, here's the question that I want to answer. You ready for this? Here's the question. When God speaks, what does he say? I mean, and I know what you're thinking because here's the thing. You say, well, what does he say? Well, he can say anything that he wants, right? I mean, it's kind of like talk we talked about last week. How does he speak? He can speak however he wants. What can he say? He can really say whatever he wants. But here's what I want you to kind of get before we dive into the points. The, the first thing is I want you to know his heart. Behind every answer, God has a good heart. Are you with me? Uh, And so let's start with this. Asking God for an answer is okay. For some people, they're like, man, I can't even ask God. I mean, I might insult him. I might, you know, I might, he might get ticked off or whatever. No, listen, God actually encourages us to ask him. Have you ever read this scripture in Matthew chapter seven, verses seven and eight? It says this, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be open to you. For everyone who asks, what? Receives. And he who seeks finds. And him who knocks, it will be open. So you say, oh, can I ask God you know, questions? Absolutely. He desires for you to ask. I mean, he says, ask and you will receive. I will give you an answer to your question. Now, again, it may come later. It may not come on your time, but he will answer. Eventually, he's going to answer. And so, again, asking God is okay. Here's the, here's the heart behind him, and I already said this, but, but the second thing that I want to point out is this. Since God is good, his answers are always good. Rest in that right right now. I mean, some of you guys are getting answers from God, and you're like, I don't know if this is good or not. I don't know if he's... Man, he, he may have, you know, got into the wine after he turned it, you know, from water into wine. But, you know, I mean, again, so we're like, oh, really, God? I mean, is this really the good answer that you have? And the truth is his answers are always good. They are always good. Matthew chapter 7, the, uh, the, the few verses that followed the ones that we just read, look at it. It says, or what man is there among you who when his son asks for a loaf... We'll give him a stone. Or if he asks for a fish, we'll give him a snake. Will he? No, he won't. If then, being evil, or being evil, know how, if you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give you what is what? Let's say that together. Give you what is good to those who what? Ask him. You know what the Bible says right there? It's saying God says my answers are always good. You can trust them. And so uh, let's dive in. What does God say? 
when he speaks, what does he say? Well, I'll give you three things that I think, and these are, again, generally speaking, he can say whatever he wants, but generally speaking, here's the three answers that I oftentimes get. You ready? Number one is this. God says, yes. Yes. Now, I don't know about you, but I get excited. I love the answer, yes. You know, it's like, hey, babe, what can I spend, you know, on uh, this gun over here? Whatever you want, babe. Yes, you can have that gun. I mean, anybody with me? Come on. <clears throat> I mean, <clears throat> you, you think about things like, you know, if you go to buy a house and the loan company says, you know, you ask them, did, we get the, did the loan come through? If they say yes, you're like, yeah, right? If you're a bronc rider or a bull rider and you ask, did I make the whistle? And the answer is yes. Then you're like excited about it. I mean, if you're a teenager and you're turning 16 and you walk outside and there's this truck in the drive and you answer or you ask, is that my new truck? If the answer is yes, you're excited, right? And if it's no and dad says, no, that's my new truck, so don't touch it, then you're disappointed. If you're a single person and you're dating someone and you want to ask them to marry and you ask them, will you marry me? And they say, yes. That's exciting, right? I mean, that's exciting. My wife and I, we actually talked about my proposal. It was at Gobbler's Knob in Laverne, Oklahoma. It was on top of this hill. And we were talking about whether I, I got on one knee, one knee or not. And we're, I'm getting to the age where I don't remember. <laughs> and I, think, I think I was just sitting down. But I, anyway, so that's an exciting time when we hear she actually said yes. She didn't hesitate either. That was good. The hesitation never gets, you know, it's never good. Um, and on a serious note, you know, a person, you know, that, that goes to the doctor and has had cancer and he asks the question, am I cancer free? And when he gets the answer, yes, that's exciting, right? I mean, that's exciting. We praise God for those things. When a parent that, you know, wants children, that can't have children, goes to the doctor and, and they run the test and say, can I have children? And the answer is, yes, you can have children. That's exciting. And we praise God for those things. And so in our lives, the answer yes is majority of the time a good thing. Well, here's the truth. I believe that God says that's true too. I mean, when God says yes, that's a great thing. Let me give you a few uh, key truths about God saying yes. The, the first thing is this. You know, there are many requests that God always says yes to. Always. You don't have to question whether he's going to say yes or not. You say, well, you know, I don't, I don't know if I believe that. I mean, he has a choice. But, but there are things that he always says yes to. Look at 2 Corinthians 1. It says this, For Jesus Christ, the Son of God, does not waver between yes and no. He is the one who Silas, or whom Silas, Timothy, and, and I preach to you. And, and as God's ultimate yes, he what? Let's say it together. He always does what he says for all of God's promises have been fulfilled in Christ with a resounding what yes and through Christ our amen which means yes ascends to God for his glory again there are things that God always says yes with I mean, and, and I'll give you some examples. When we confess our sins to him and we say, God, will you forgive me? Guess what he always says? Yes. yes. I don't know about you, but that's, that's, that's good stuff for me. You know why? Because I sin. And I've never gone to God and I've never said, you know, God, will you forgive me? And he goes, let me think about it. I don't know. I mean, again, as humans, we sometimes have to 
think about those things. And, and we take our time and, and, it, and God has to work in our lives for us to forgive or, you know, other things in our lives. But God never hesitates to forgive us. He's always welcoming us, even when we're right or wrong. Again, when we do things right or wrong and we question whether he even loves us, guess what? He says, yes, I love you in spite of your failings. Every time. Every time. How many of you guys have ever been hurt by somebody? Somebody said they loved you or said they would do something and they just didn't do it. Listen, God's not, he's not the reflection of those people. He's the perfection of those people. Think about that. You may have had a dad or a mom or somebody that, you know, said they loved you and then they left you. Listen, God's not the reflection of that person. He's the perfection of that person. And so trust him. Trust that he can, I mean, again, these instances, he always says yes. Here's another example. When we honor him with our gifts and our talents and we serve him, guess what he says? Yes, I will always honor you. Again, when we honor him and we serve and we, you know, give, you know, when we return a portion of our finances back to him, guess what he says? I'm going to always meet your needs. That's what he says every time, every time he's, he's done that. And so these and many more things are yeses that we can count on every time. But let me say this, for God to say yes to other things, you know, things that, you know, in life, you know, one thing, this must be true. You ready for this? Our request must line up with his will. I mean, sometimes God says, you know, another, he gives us another answer. And we, we, we wonder what, what is, why does he not answer my, you know, my prayers? Well, again, it has to be in line with his will. John chapter five, look at it with me. It says, I have written this to you who believe in the name of the son of God so that you may know you have eternal life. And we are confident that he, what say it with me, hears us whenever we, what ask for anything that, what? pleases him again and since we know that he what hears us when we make our requests he also knows or we also know that he will what give us what we ask for i mean you know you read that verse and you're like he's going to give us everything we ask for i mean if, if he hears our requests and, and we actually ask him he's going to give us those things the answer is you know <laughs> again some people they want to respond to that and go man i, I got a blank check with god Whatever the heck I want, I'm going to get, you know, just throw out whatever I want. God's going to answer that prayer. No, listen, the key phrase in all of that is anything that pleases him. In other words, anything that's according to his will, he's going to say yes to. Our prayers should always end with if it pleases you or if it's your will. I mean, think about it. I want to marry this person if it pleases you. I, I, I want to take this job if it pleases you. I, I want to have kids if it pleases you. I want to buy that horse if it pleases you. I want to buy this. I want to buy that. I want to do this. I want to go here if it pleases you. Again, the fact is this. When our prayers line up with his will, he always says yes. He always says yes. Um, and, and here's what I'm teaching my kids. And I just, I kind of you know, learned this kind of yesterday. God kind of revealed this to me. I was getting new tires on my truck, which, you know, never buy a dually because that means you have six tires. You know what I'm saying? Can I get an amen from the dually owners? Dang, dude, that's like knocking the 
pocketbook that's already empty. Anyways, so I'm getting these tires, and I'm sitting with the, the manager of my father-in-law. He's the owner of this, you know, this uh, car dealership. And so I'm sitting with the manager waiting for my tires and all that stuff. We got talking, and he's like, man, what you, so what do, you t- what do you tell parents, you know, on how to raise your kids and, you know, how to be successful? And I'm like, there's two things. And God brought these to me right there. And, and I, one of them is a goal for my family anyways. But the other one I really hadn't thought about until just then. And, and the two things are this. If, if you will be in God's will and you will work hard, you can succeed at whatever he asks you to do. I mean, for me, that covers everything. If I can, if I can remain in God's will and do what pleases him and work hard, then I can accomplish anything through Christ. Does that make sense? So you say, well, you know, uh, I asked for this. Well, it may not be God's will. So you don't need to, you know, you don't need to worry about that. You don't need to, you know, try to go there because if it's, if it's his will, then it's going to please him and he's going to actually allow you to do it. But it takes hard work as well. Again, some people are like, you know, just give it to me. Just give it to me. I don't want to work for it. I don't want to, you know, kids, you know, teenagers, blah, blah, blah. Even adults say, I don't want to have to work. Just give it to me. Really? I mean, so... Two things, God's will and hard work. If, if we can apply that to our lives and we can stay in God's will, he always says yes when it's according to his will. But here's the sad truth. You ready? A lot of people never ask God, is this your will? You know how I know that? Because here's what I, here's what I deal with sometimes. And, and, and not a, all the time, but a lot of times I deal with people coming to me and they say, you know what? My kid, you know, they're twisting off, man. They don't even have a job. You know, they're just sitting at home. I can't motivate them. And, you know, again, I want to look at them and say, did you teach them the things of the Lord growing up? Did you teach them how to work hard? Did you teach them the things of Scripture? Again, you know, so many people have never asked God for the wisdom to raise their kids. They just said, ah, whatever. Whatever happens. Again, you know, and, and I have situations where people come to me and they're, 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 they're miserable in marriage. You know, my question is sometimes, and again, I want to show mercy and empathy first. But then I ask questions and I say, did you ever ask God if you were supposed to marry that person? And some of them are like, no, I never did. And again, he, here's the thing. A lot of people buy into this lie that it's easier to ask for forgiveness than to ask for permission. How many of you guys have ever heard that? Anybody? Yeah, that phrase? That's a lie. It's never better to not ask God for permission. It's never better to pay the consequences of sin. Does that make sense? And so listen, you say, well, you know, I, I mean, I'm supposed to ask him about who I'm supposed to date? Absolutely. You know, you, I'm supposed to ask him if I'm supposed to marry this person? Absolutely. I'm supposed to ask him if I'm supposed to take that job? Absolutely. I'm supposed to ask him if I purchase this or purchase that? Absolutely. Because again, if it's his will, then you're going to be blessed in it. If it's not his will, then you're going to be miserable. I mean, I've been there. How many of you guys have ever been there? Outside of God's will, did something you wanted to do and it wasn't his will. I mean, we've been there, Right? And so listen, the more that we can ask God, the more that we can, you know, go to God and say, is this your will for me to move, you know, here or there or take this job or whatever? The, again, the better our lives are going to be, it, you know, so with God, it's always better to ask permission. 
in his way. And you say, well, how do I, you know, how do I know he's saying yes? How do I know he's saying yes? Here's how you know. You pray. You ask people that are godly people. It's like we talked about. How does he speak? He speaks through prayer. He speaks through his word. He speaks through other people. He speaks through a sign or something. I mean, he can do all of those things if we would just open our eyes and say, God, speak. Speak to me. Show me. Is this a yes? And as you read the word, again, I'm telling you, God wants to reveal himself to you. Now, let me say this as well, because we love our church because we desire to reach unchurched people. And so a lot of people that come to our church, again, they, maybe they didn't, they've never heard any of this before. So let me share with you something. Maybe you've made some sorry decisions in your life. Maybe you're in a sorry decision right now. Can, listen to this. God can turn your wrong into a right. <laughs> I mean... God can take that marriage that you go, holy crap, I shouldn't have married that person. He can take it and turn it around. That's what he does. I've seen it. I've seen it thousands, hundreds of times. I mean, I've seen it hundreds of times, thousands of times. I mean, if you, if you will turn to him and say, okay, God, I've made a wrong decision. Now I want to make it right, and I want to live for you. And what, what that's called is you repent. You say, okay, God, I have been going the wrong way, and I want to turn 180 degrees, and I want to turn straight to you. And I want to live my life in a way that pleases you. Guess what? He can turn that wrong into a right. He can do it. He's done it. He's done it in my life. And so that's his amazing grace. Some of you guys need to hear that. Because, again, you've made, you made a, a wrong decision that you need to turn to God and say, okay, I was wrong. I need to live for you now. And so the first thing is this. When God speaks, sometimes he says yes. Here's the second thing. Sometimes God says no. Now, if you're like me, you didn't, get told, you didn't like getting told no. How many of you guys don't like getting told no? Right. I mean, you know, it's, it's like, you know, with that same passion that we love. Yes, we hate. No. Right. I mean, that's just how it works. I mean, uh, you know, my kids, how many of you have kids that every time they see something cool or something new, something that their friends have? I mean, they just say, say, Daddy, can I have one of those? Anybody? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, my kids, they're, they're at the point, Daddy, can I have, you know, a new, you know, my son, he wants a, a, every gun out there. And so can I have that gun? Every time we go into Atwoods, he looks at the gun. You know, can I have that gun? My other son, he wants to show a pig. Hey, Dad, when am I going to get a pig? Can I get a pig? Uh, you know, and my, you know, my other son, he's, you know, six. Dad, can you buy those nunchucks for me? <laughs> and I'm like, no, because you'll kill your brother with them. Because they love Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, right? And so they see these nunchucks, and they're like, can I have nunchucks? My daughter, she's getting to the age where it's like, Daddy, when am I going to have a cell phone? Can I have a cell phone? And I'm like, heck no. You're not getting one of those for a long time. Or, you know, they see a, you know, their brother's riding a horse, and they're on the ground, and they, Daddy, can I have my own horse? I mean, you know, can we have another dog? I mean, I don't know about you, but a lot of times, most of the time, what's my answer? What's your answer? No. You say, well, why? Well, I know things that they don't know, right? I know our finances. I mean, I know what little money that's in the bank, you know? I know, you know, I know the danger that could come with having nunchucks. (laughs) That's funny to me. I don't know why. 
Because my son, you know, my son Hampton, he has a little plastic nunchucks, and he'll just fling them, and he'll hit himself, and I'm like, I'm like, dude, if those were real, man, you'd be knocked out. But he just loves them. <laughs> you know, I know the responsibility that comes with having a pig, right? I know those things. They don't. And so sometimes we have to say no to protect them, to teach them something, to teach them to wait on things, to teach them to save their money so that they can actually buy it on their own, to teach them that, you know, just because, it, you know, you want that doesn't mean that you're going to get it. All those things I do because, you know, I love them. Here's the thing. Jesus is the same way. Sometimes Jesus says no because he wants to protect us. Sometimes he thinks, you know, I know better. I know he doesn't sometimes think that. He knows better every time. And he wants to teach us something. He wants to, you know, us not to settle for what is good, but to know what is best and to have what is best. And so the same is true for God. God knows his plans for us. Look at Jeremiah 29, 11. It says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to what? Prosper you and not to what? Harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. And so again, God's answers are always good. You, whether they're yes or whether they're no, their answers are always good. Because since God is a good God, his answers are always good. And, and I'll just tell you, I, I can look back on my life and I can remember God saying no to certain things. That I thought were devastating. Anybody been there? Uh, God said no to her so that I could have her. God said no to that job so that I could have this job. God said no to buying that so that I could buy that. I mean, God over and over says no, but he does it for my good. God says, in a, in a, again, in a more uh, you know, heartbreaking way, God says no to healing some people because he knows best. This is a hard one. And again, I'm not belittling pain or anything like that. But sometimes God says no to healing people because he wants them to make a bigger impact and they have to go through what they have to go through to make that impact. Anybody know somebody like that? I mean, there's people that have gone through hellacious circumstances and God took them through that and he said, no, I'm not going to let that person live because I want you to step up and I want to put you on a bigger stage and I want to use you even more. Or he says, I want them to come to heaven with me. Sometimes God says no and it hurts, Right? Sometimes he, he, you know, doesn't explain any of that. But God says no. When he says no, we can always trust him. We can always trust him. God said no to many people in the Bible. I mean, Paul says, I had a thorn in my flesh. I asked God to remove it three times. And you think, well, what's the thorn? It wasn't an actual thorn, literal. It was, some people believe it was blindness. He couldn't see very well. And he asked God, remove it so that I can get to work. And God says, no, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in your weakness. I mean, God said no to, you know, to healing. Well, he healed this, this one man who, you know, needed healing. And the man says, hey, Jesus, you know, I want to go with you. And, and Jesus says, no, I want you to stay here because you can make a greater impact right here. Again, God says no a lot of times, but his no is always, can always be trusted. The truth is this. We've all been told no. It's not fun. It's not easy. But can I give you some advice 
in the moment, and again, I'm not good at this. I'm just preaching to myself here, okay? In the moment that he says no, in those times, if we will rest in knowing that God is always good, then we will find peace in whatever. And we will rest, be able to rest in him. Psalm 37, 7. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Here's another key truth. You know what? Sometimes God says, wants to say yes, but it, our sin is what key, is keeping him from being able to say yes. You ever thought about it? I mean, he's wanting to say yes, but he keeps saying no because of your own stubbornness. Your own sin, the things that you say, I can't give this up. And he says, I want to say yes, but until you honor me in that area of your life, I'm saying no. I'm saying no. And so here's the, here's the key. Just like we talked about last week, we have to pray prayers like, God, search my heart. Know my anxious thoughts. You know, look inside of me. Lead me into your righteousness so that I can be made right with you so that I can receive whatever blessing that you have for me. And we have to confess our sin and say, I'm sorry. I need forgiveness so that he can say yes to the things that he wants to say yes to. And so listen, you know, again, and, and can I, I'll just leave this one with this, this thought. If you have honestly probed your heart and you've asked God to, you know, reveal sin to you and he hasn't, or, you know, he hasn't answered that prayer with a yes and he said no, can, you, can I just give you some advice? Stop badgering him. Sometimes, sometimes I think we just, we just want our way, and so we're just going to kick I mean, that door down. And, and God's saying, I'm not opening the door. <laughs> I'm shutting the door. So again, sometimes it's like, you know, we just want this so bad. And, and when the doors don't open, when, when the bodies and minds don't heal, you know, when that job doesn't materialize, we may simply need to accept it, move forward, and trust God. I mean, that's hard. Because we want our way, but sometimes God says no, and we just need to move forward and trust him. Does that make sense? Some people pray prayers all the time, and it's like God said no for like 10 years now, and you're still praying the same stinking prayer. Now, again, is it, you know, it just depends on the prayer, and, and you need to go to God and ask him that. Here's the last thing that God says. You ready? Number three. When God speaks, sometimes God says Nothing. <laughs> this this one's the I, I can almost take no better than nothing. Anybody with me? <laughs> I mean, we just just say something. I mean, how many guys have you know? How many guys love school? Anybody love school? Like four people. Good. I love you guys. Please stay in school. You guys are awesome. For the majority of us, though, some of us would say we don't like school. You know, we don't like school. We, you know, how many guys were good test takers? In school, anybody a good test taker? Yeah, you kind of liked it. Yeah, you guys enjoy that. <laughs> Majority of us didn't really like tests. Um, but here's something that I always knew about a, a test. And I'll give you an example um, before I say that. I had a professor in college. His name was Dr. Litherland. Dr. Litherland. And he looked like Doc Brown on Back to Future. Back to the Future. Remember Doc Brown, 1.21 gigawatts, you know, whatever he says. Anyways, and so he would shake, and his hair was about this long, and it was red. And he would shake, and he would sweat, and he, he taught like U.S. government or something like that. I can't remember. <laughs> but I remember one time, here's how he took tests. Here's how he took tests in his class. You ready? We would, he would have dice, okay? He would have dice, two dice. 
and he would ask two people to come up and roll the dice and he would give you six options that your test or your, your, your paper was going to be written over. He would give you six options and whatever the two dice landed on, you got to choose from either, you know, whatever number it landed on. So if it landed on two and four, you got to choose from two and four on how you could write that, te- you know, or write that term paper or that paper. Guess what? One time I decided, well, I'm not, I'm not going to study all six. I'm just going to study four. And I'm going to take my chances. I'm going to gamble that he, that he rolls or somebody rolls, you know, at least one of the things that I studied. Guess who got to roll that day? I did. Guess what? There was another person that rolled it, and she rolled the one that I didn't study. And then I rolled, and I rolled the one that I didn't study. So I didn't study anything. I wrote like seven or eight pages on a wrong topic just hoping that I would get like, a, you know, some points. Guess what I got on that test? A zero. I learned a lesson. But, but here's something else that I've learned. Here's something else that's always true when you're taking a test in school. You ready for this? The teacher is always silent. Think about it. You were in a test. I mean, I don't remember at one time, unless it was like open book and they were asking the questions, but almost every time, if not every time you took a test in school, the teacher was always silent. I think the same thing's true with God. A lot of times we go through tests and we cry out to God and we shed tears and we, you know, need an answer, but nothing comes. Nothing. And we feel abandoned. We feel alone. We feel like no one is there. But here's something else that I always remember about taking tests in school. You ready for this? The teacher never left the room. I I wish they would (laughs) have. Because my my smart buddy who's sitting right there. Don't do that, kids. I'm just playing. I never thought that. All those other kids thought those things. But you know what I'm saying? The the teacher never left the room. The same is true with God. Sometimes God says nothing, but it doesn't mean that he's not there. He is there. He's just choosing to be be silent. Um, And and I'll just say this to kind of close it out. Even though, you know, you can't hear God, he's always there. I'll give you a scripture, Matthew 28, 20. And surely I'm with you, what? And surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. Deuteronomy 31.8, the Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He will what? Never leave you nor forsake you. So don't be afraid and don't be discouraged. Isaiah 41.10, so do not fear for I am with you. Do not be dismayed for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. And so the truth is this, though you may feel alone, though he may be silent, you are not alone. And I'll I'll say this to close. Just because Jesus isn't speaking to you, listen, doesn't mean that he's not speaking to his father. Listen to this. First Timothy 2, 5. For there is one God one mediator between God and mankind, and that man is who? Christ Jesus. Listen to this scripture, Romans eight thirty four. Who then can condemn us? No one. 
For Christ Jesus died for us and was raised to life for us. And he is sitting in the place of honor at God's right hand. What is he doing? He's pleading for us. So listen, just because God is not saying something to you doesn't mean he's not speaking to his father. The truth is, the devil, uh, God allows the devil to attack us, and God sits aside because he wants to teach us something. And at, at that same time, guess who is our advocate? Guess who goes to God and says, God, what the devil's saying isn't true. Have mercy on that person. Be, you know, you know, he just pleads for us. And that's what Jesus does. And so just because Jesus doesn't, you know, isn't on the earth doing ministry doesn't mean he's not hard at work for us. Because he is. And he's speaking to God. He's our defense attorney to the Lord. Because the devil is trying to condemn us and attack us. And we must trust in faith that he's going to work things out. So listen. I don't know what God's saying to you today, but I imagine he's either saying yes, no, or nothing. The question is, can you hear him? Can you hear what he's saying? Are you listening? And are you going to obey? I want to ask you to bow your head and close your eyes for just a second. I want to take a poll with everybody heads, head bowed, eyes closed. How many of you guys would say, you know what, Bo? Life's good. God's saying yes in my life, and it's an awesome thing. How many of you guys would say that? Anybody raise your hand and say, yeah, he's saying yes. Cool. I like that. Praise God. Maybe in your chair right there, you just need to say thank you, Lord. In your heart, just say thank you. Maybe he's done some awesome things in, a, in your life, in your marriage, in your kids, with your job, whatever. You just need to say thank you. How many of you guys on the other side of that, how many of you guys, you feel like in your life right now, God is saying no? Would you just raise your hand? Anybody? Yeah. All across the room as well. Yeah. Can I just encourage you to know this and just to be able to rest in this this thought? His no, the answer no is just as good as his yes. And you can trust it. You can trust it. How many of you guys would say the last thing? How many of you guys would say, you know what, Bo, I feel like God is saying nothing in my life. Would you just raise your hand? Yeah, there's, there's people all across the barn that, that, that feel that as well. Listen, the fact is, what's, what's really most important isn't what he's really saying to you. It's what your response is to him. Because you're going to get told no again. You're going to get told yes. And you're going to not get told anything sometimes. And so really what you need to learn and what I need to learn is how to respond to those things. And so my, my question again, are you responding in the right way to God? Some of you need to maybe make this prayer your, your prayer. Lord, I trust you. Lord, thank you for speaking to me. Whether your answers are yes or no or nothing, I'm trusting in you. And when you're silent, Lord, I'm going to choose to trust even in those times as well. Listen, maybe you just prayed that that prayer, that commitment. I want you to know that, listen, life is going to have all those answers. And so I would just ask you to be prepared. 
be prepared. Prepare your heart. Prepare your mind. Because the, the devil is alive as well. And he does want to test us. And he does want to tempt us. And so we need to have our commitment made. And we need to find strength in the Lord. Some of you are here today and you don't know Christ. And maybe what he's saying to you is, come to me. Maybe the Lord's speaking to you today and he's saying, hey, what? Hey, listen, I know you're burdened. I know that you have things in your life and I want to give you some rest. And so if you will just come to me, you will stop running to other things, trying to find your fulfillment in other things. And you will come to me. I will give you rest. So some of you need to give your life to Jesus for the first time in your life. You say, well, how do I do that? Well, you just pray a simple prayer. The Bible says in Romans 10, 9, it says that if we will confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, we will be saved. You say, what does that mean? Well, if we will confess him as our Lord and believe in him in our heart, not just have a head knowledge, not just make a decision, but, but actually believe it in our heart then we can be forgiven of our sin and be given eternal life and start a brand new relationship with Jesus. And so maybe you need to do that today. Maybe right there in your chair, you just pray this simple prayer. Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. I know that you died on a cross for me. I'm asking you to forgive me and come into my life. I want to hear from you. I want to know you. And I want to follow you. Listen, maybe in your heart, you just prayed that prayer for the very first time. We celebrate with you because now you have began a relationship with the one and only Jesus Christ. And he is going to be able to guide your life. You just have to come to him. And you have the privilege now to come to him and say, what do you want me to do? Where do you want me to go? What's your answer to the questions that I have? Because I want to follow you. And so we celebrate that. Here in just a minute, Wes and Jill are going to come. They're going to make our closing announcements. But I want you to know, listen, God is speaking to you. Listen to him. Trust him because he is trustworthy and he loves you. Lord, I thank you for the, for the blessing it is to know you personally. I thank you for the blessing that it is to be able to he- actually hear your voice in our hearts in our minds, through your word, we can hear from you and we can know what you want us to do. And so I thank you for that, Lord. I thank you for the yeses that you've given us. I thank you for the noes that you've given us. And I also thank you, and this one's the hard one, I thank you for the times where you've said nothing and you've tested us, but you've always been with us. Thank you for never leaving us. It's in your holy name I pray. Thank you guys again for listening today. If you've made a commitment today or if you have any needs, feel free to contact us at info at thousandhillsranch.church or you can text or call 580-216-6427. And may God bless the ride you're on.